Right, welcome back to another episode of the LREIB podcast. Tonight's topic of discussion is going to be gun control. Uh, we're going to talk some civil liberties. Civil liberties. We're going to talk a um, little bit about the recent mass shootings. Uh, for those of you who listen regularly, welcome back. For those of you just passing through for the first time, I invite you to like, comment, and subscribe. You can check out Life Relationships and Everything in Between on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as YouTube iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Dave's here. I'm here. We got some shit to talk about. Uh, let's get into this podcast. Dave, what's going on, yeah, brother? Let's do it. Not much, man. How are you? I'm good, man. You know, slow week, slow week. I've been looking forward to uh, talking about the recent uh, shootings that have been going on, more specifically the re- most recent school shooting. Um, what are your thoughts? I won't you take us in. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, this is a serious topic. Um, you know, it's a topic that can go anyway. You know, I mean, you've got your conservatives, you've got your liberals, you've got your libertarians in the middle. Um, you know, it, it, it's just, it, it, this topic is a, is a very uh, divisive topic in this country. Very much so. You know, it's one that, yeah, that it just, it, you're either or or you're against. Um, you're either for or you're against. Um, and it's, it's a topic that, you know, um, should be talked about, especially with the, the, the rash of uh, mass shootings going on in this country, you know, for over the last decade or so. Um, you know, mostly the, the, the mass school shootings, you know, as a parent, you know, we see these things far too often nowadays. And, you know, you just, you just wonder, are... Uh, are your kids safe? Are, are we safe at work? Um, and is there anything that we can do about it? You know, I mean, these are the the big issues that, that I see specifically from my point of view um, that affect me and the way I, I, I feel about my personal world and my family's personal world. Right. Um, and, and I mean, and there are things, you know, so many different things we can talk about in this topic, as, as, as you well know, Kevin. Yeah, of course, of course. Why don't we, uh, how about this? So, well, yeah, because I mean, from the standpoint of just, uh, you know, a, a, a citizen, a, a normal everyday person, you know, who might want to go out, you know, perfect example, just this past Sunday, we took the kids out to Monster Jam down at the DC. Yeah, Center. I saw it on Facebook. Yeah, you which guys was, like you had a good time. Yeah, it was pretty dope. The kids loved it. But case in point, you know. Not only do we have to worry about going out to public events, you know, something to have fun with the family, you know, kind of detox from the work week. Now you got to worry about, you know, somebody deciding to shoot up a public event. That's bad enough. But then you have never has there been a time, I feel like, where as parents, you have to even worry about sending your kids to school. That's what I really want to get into. But first, I want to segue. What what are your because you mentioned how divisive this issue is uh, in this country, and it is, what are some of your, I guess, beliefs or or opinions on, you know, the Second Amendment rights, uh, gun control, right. you know, the NRA, things like that? Like, what are, what are some of your views on that overall? Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, you know, I come from a, a largely uh, conservative family, um, and you know, I believe in you know our constitutional rights. I also believe that the constitution. I also believe that the constitution is uh, 
is not necessarily a thing set in stone. It's something that was designed to be, uh, you know, to evolve. People say, well, I feel more protected if I have a weapon in my home. And granted, if you have a home, you should want to protect it in your family. But think about how much could go wrong in those types of situations. You know, if someone, first of all, from a common sense point of view, if you have a gun in the home, you know, sound gun procedures would dictate that you would keep that gun in a lock safe, especially if you have kids in the in the house. So oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. think about yeah. it. Right, but think about it though. Someone breaks into your home, middle of the night, you're asleep. You, you know, you're, you wake up out of your sleep because there's a noise or, or window breaks or whatever the case. Now you gotta, through the dark, get out of bed, find this gun that's in a safe, unlock it in a timely manner to be able to protect yourself. And now you're stumbling through the house. You don't know if one of your kids heard a sound and they're coming out of their room down the hall or downstairs. Right. Anyone can get hurt and shot. And then you think about these, these mass shootings. You know, let's, let's talk about schools. When the argument right. was brought up about arming teachers, it was, well, what if someone starts shooting and the teachers go to grab their guns or the janitor goes to grab his gun or, or, or her gun and then the cops come in? Who's the bad guy? Who's the, you know, all these things come into play. So I think yeah, yeah. that's why I'm towards all or nothing. I mean, I think if you strip every one of their guns, safety becomes a whole different thing because now you're protecting yourself against other people and it's more hand to hand. You know the way that it was long before these guns came into play. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd rather I'd rather face a gentleman with a bat or a a, 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 a knife or or even a fucking sword for that matter. <laughs> than, Roman days. Then have a guy then have a guy with a fucking gun. Right. Because let's be honest. Cocked and ready, pointed at my face. Because you know what, too. That's me. <laughs> nowadays, yeah. yeah, you're right. And nowadays, where they take you know these things happen. And it's never, you know, this person did a bad thing and they should be punished for it. Now, it's automatically, oh, they must have mental issues. They must be, be mentally ill. There must be. But I think any any coward or depressed person can grab a gun. But I think if you strip that away from the equation, there's going to be less violence because, one, when you have to get up close and personal with someone there's less confrontation because everyone's not about that life. Everyone's not built for that type of situation. That's one. Two, certain people are going to be more or less skilled than others. And three, that's going to dissuade people from getting into confrontations anyway, because now you got to think twice. You're not 20 feet away with, you know, a, a, a piece of machinery with mechanisms that can fire a gun at however many feet per second. You know, now it's, you got to deal with this person up close and personal. And I think that would push a lot of people to the side of erring on the side of caution. You know what I mean? Yeah. For the parents of kids who get shot up and killed at these school shootings, for the parents and husbands and wives and mothers and fathers of people who went out to see a concert out in Las Vegas who never came home. What I don't understand is, for all of the protesting and the outrage and the the pouring out for help from the government on these issues, why is it that it seems that the the gun lobbyists, the people who are gung ho about keeping things where they are, how do they win over all of these distraught parents, all of these these dead kids who never get the chance to experience life? 
how come we don't care that much about these traumatic experiences that we can't seem to push the needle forward? Um, we are in a money, a very money-driven uh, political environment, 100%. Um, and because we allow corporations and money and third-party entities into our politics, then those moneyed corporations, people, etc., have massive amounts of influence. And whether or not you know, they have a massive amount of influence in the legislation and the laws that get passed in this country, and we've allowed it as citizens. We've we've allowed them to take our voice away and give it to the corporations and give it to the money. And it's and there's nothing nothing can be changed until we can take that away from our our, our politics. Um, that's my view but I'm pretty sure that I'm not the only one who believes that. I think that's a big part of it, 100%. I also, I wrestle with the argument that it's, you know, background checks are not the issue, as I see it. And the reason why I say that is because in almost all of these mass shootings, when, when the authorities finally have a chance to investigate, it almost always comes out that the guns that were used were purchased legally. So if you say, well, hold up, weapons were purchased legally, registered to someone, how does this happen? How do these people get a hold? Uh, you know, because obviously in the case of this this most recent school shooting, how, do, how does a high school kid get a hold of this type of, of weaponry? Because obviously... From what I, from yeah. What I, yeah. The one I understand about this specific one is that he was uh, he was an ex high school kid. He was a nineteen year old kid. He had firearm training, um, supposedly sponsored by the NRA. Um, I can't one hundred percent fact check that, but um, he was able to get a gun of this nature because he technically had a clean background. Um, he did live in the system. Um, but yeah, I mean, he had, had training, formal training. He had the money to purchase it, and he had passed the background check. Right, and so there you go. And this is what happens in most in most cases, you know, legally purchased firearms that end up in the wrong hands for one reason or another. And then just like with Columbine, you know, over a decade ago, same thing. I was watching CNN earlier, and they were interviewing some of the classmates, or former classmates of this individual. And they were saying that, you know, he used to say things that would indicate that something like this could happen. And when it happened, we knew who it was before they announced who it was and all these types of things. And then it becomes, well, are there any is there anything at place at the school level where students who do talk like this or or who might appear to be, you know, drawing back into themselves is there any indication? But then with that type of type of screening situation, then you got to worry about, you know, people getting caught into that net who shouldn't be. I mean, it's, it seems right. like there's really nowhere I mean, to go not, with it. Yeah, not every introvert and uh, person, angsty person, teenage, etc., is a bad person. Right. You know, um, you're 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 gonna you're gonna kill or you're not gonna kill. Um, Unfortunately, sometimes the people who have 
all the intentions in the world are perfectly legal on paper. Do you think that the media and just the overall approach we take to these types of things when they happen these days, do you agree with it do you, in, in a sense that it's automatically this person must be mentally unstable, this person must be mentally ill? Do you agree with that? I mean, I feel like we over... I feel like we over-categorize that type of thing these days. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say about that is if you walk into a school with a fucking semi-automatic weapon and your intentions are to mow down as many people as you possibly can, you've got fucking mental issues. You're fucking crazy. Already, to start, I mean, that person was going to kill, had it in their brain for quite some time, in all of these instances, every single one of them, right. to do what they were going to do. They knew what they were going to do, they did it, and they all did it on paper legally. And I guess that's kind of you know my what? point, too. Mental baby. health issues are, it's, 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 such a, it's such a huge thing. Yes, there are crazy people out there that, you know, are, are going to get their hands on the guns legally and they're going to do bad shit with it. That's what, that's, that's it's part of the problem right. with having an open gun laws like the way we do. Right, right. But it's also, it's also something that you, you know, I mean, that's a part of the issue. Right. We're, it's, we're going to deal with it and it's going to get bigger and bigger as the, the media sensationalizes it. Right. And, and it's, it's a fucking problem and it's a scary problem. I think too, um, I guess my only issue with that, the the labeling, every time someone does this, every time there's a mass shooting, or I, I feel like the over application of up, oh, it's mental illness. They're mentally. I, I understand, you know, from just a high level overview, up oh, that person must be crazy. But what happened to sometimes people just do fucked up shit because they're just, they're just, they're just bad people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. because to me. When I think of crazy, I'm thinking of it in the clinical, medical sense. You know, this person does not have any control of their faculties. They don't know right from wrong. They cannot control, you know, whatever tendencies they have. They don't get it. But when you say someone planned something out, they talked about it, they drew pictures, they made a list of whatever the case. To me, that doesn't stress. Because I guess what the big issue for me is, more so than that, what you said, open gun control, but there's no uniformity. I mean, depending on what state you go to, the gun laws are completely different, and it always seems that these types of issues happen in states where the gun laws are more open than others. I don't know if that has a part a part in it as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's got to play a part. I mean, the availability of the weapons um, and the access to them obviously plays a part in it. Right. But I mean, you know, any, like, out of 10,000 guys that go to a gun show, you know, one of them has bad intentions. The other guys just, you know, either want to go hunting or they like collecting. It's part of the culture. Right. Um, you know, I mean, like, and back to the whole mental health issue that we were, you know, you were talking about is, you know, a person like me who's had um, clinical depression um, most of his life um, has had, you know, thoughts of suicide and um, and stuff like that on, on my medical records. Right. Um, these, you know, then am I going to be categorized as a crazy person and not be eligible for a gun? Right. You know, I mean, where do we draw the line in, in respect to that? Right. You know, just to, 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 to hit back on that topic. But yeah, man, um, 
I mean, it, it's, it's, it's hard to, I mean, there are going to people, regardless of whether you know it or not, I mean, they can be the sweetest person in the world, you don't even realize that they're, that they're, they're, they're a horrible demon inside, and, and then they're going to get their hands on a weapon and, and do something about it, or do something with it, or, right. you know? Right. And the argument of, you know, the argument of, of, well, these are our civil liberties, these are our constitutional rights, well, I argue that, I argue the validity of that, because... It's, it's the argument for the people who say it's my right as a United States citizen to bear arms. But then you have built-in policies for people who have maybe committed crimes in the past, even if they're not violent yeah, like, crimes. Like minor possession of, of like marijuana, right. which will give you a felony in right. certain states or whatever. You know, then you, have a, then you, you won't pass the background check for exactly. something as stupid as right. that. So here's know? my thing then. If something is a... Is a constitutional right it is your right bar anything then there should be nothing excluding you from from that and my argument is if you could say well having a driver's license isn't a right it's a privilege then so should owning a gun it shouldn't necessarily be you can't you can't have it both ways you can't say it's a right but then say this right can be taken away from you so then that makes it a privilege and if it's a privilege, the people who have the argument of the Second Amendment, it should not apply. That's just my personal look on it. If I'm looking at it from just a, a logical, common sense way, if something is a right, that means it's either everyone or it's no one, not in between. Yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, and if you think about it as, as in the terms of rights, then you know, if it's if it's a right, if that's our, our you know, our our being born as a citizen of the United States right, our constitutional right. You know, why don't we why don't we add a few more rights to that right. constitution? You know, ones that actually help humanity out. Right. Uh, i.e. Uh, education or, or health care. You know, make those rights. Right. You're absolutely right. It's my right to own a gun, you know, but I mean, it's not my right to have you know, if we're gonna pick if we're gonna pick pick rights, you know, let's just make everything that that, that you know fosters humanity and growth are right, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, and, and, I mean, why don't we why don't we label certain things like possessions and shit like that? Right. Uh, like you said, uh, um, not a right, but a, a privilege. Like driving right. a car, owning a car, or uh, driving, getting your license to operate a, a, a vehicle. Right. You know, those are those are privileges given to us by the states in which we live, and um, you know, they're not our right. We break the law, we get drunk behind the wheel, we lose that right. When you think about it, and this is. For, for those of you, it seems a lot, a lot of times, um, you know, for anyone who listens to any of my platforms, any of my ramblings and whatever, it seems like I jump around a lot. I do that because I like to draw parallels. When you think about what it takes for you to get a driver's license, a license to be able to operate a motor vehicle, when you think about as strenuous a process as it is, then you draw a parallel to someone owning a weapon that could kill you. That was... A vehicle can kill you, but a weapon was designed to kill you. A gun is made to kill, specifically. Even the good guys, even people in law enforcement, even, even military, anybody who's trained will tell you, you are not trained to shoot a gun to hurt, injure, or maim. You are trained to shoot and to kill. It's center mass, right? This is the training you get, right? So... How can you have the process to operate a motor vehicle be more strenuous to obtain that license than purchasing a weapon that was designed for the sole purpose of killing 
whatever is in its sights. Yeah. Yeah, I could walk into Walmart in Connecticut right now. 100%. Purchase, uh, purchase a shotgun. Right. And, and, a, and a box of, uh, a box of bullets. Right. Uh, shells. And I could come home. Right. And blow away every member of my family. Right. Or you could go to. And it takes, it, it took me an hour to do that. Right. Or you could go to New Hampshire, which for us in Massachusetts <laughs> is right across the border. You could go to a gun yeah. show and with nothing more than a photo ID legally purchase a firearm I mean as a parent the last thing I would ever want to hear which is why it, it, it hits so close to home whenever these things happen at schools the last call I ever want to get is a call from my kids school saying that someone brought a gun to school and the school was shot up and kids were, were shot and killed I mean you couldn't even fathom that as a parent no, and never. Yet, it, I mean, it, it, that's that's what that's what basically sparked this conversation between right. the two, you know, the two of us. And it continues to happen though, and nothing's being done about it. And it, 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 it's, it, a, yeah, it's a sad state, um, you know. I mean, it, it it breaks my heart to think that this is going to happen again and again and again, and, and it will. nothing will be done about it. It will. So, what do you think would happen if, if let's say, tomorrow? somebody who has the power to change something decided you know what I'm going to take Dave's idea let's let's start a program to try and get every single gun legal or, or illegal off the streets do you think because here, here's where I'm going I think the I think the outrage over that would be more intense than the outrage over innocent children being gunned down while they're attending school and yes. if that's true, if you agree, isn't that a fucking problem in this country? It is, but I also see I I, I I'm on the stance of I I, I I I could care less if we have guns, but I'm also on the stance of what happens if all these guns are taken away? Okay, we have we have Australia, we have Britain, we have those as examples where nothing has happened. We have a huge country with a with a large population of people and a large population of guns in this in this in this nation right it's not going to happen it, it, it won't happen it's a, it's a pipe dream and it's a beautiful thing to think about but it, it won't happen because of the already inherent built-in fear that if they take our guns away they're going to come for us and understand and and that's a good and point and built <laughs> into our constitution that's Years built right. into our constitution. Absolutely, a hundred percent. And like I said in the, in the beginning, this is why I prefaced this episode with that because I one hundred percent believe that's where the the right to bear arms came from. That thought process exactly. But to clarify, when I say all of the guns, I mean law enforcement. I mean every gun. Period. Let's go back to other ways of being able to subdue and and deal with conflict with each other. I, when I say I don't just mean citizens, I mean do away with them. Period. Right. I mean the police officer, the the I don't know what you call them, but the authorities out in you know other countries like you just mentioned, they don't have guns either. I mean let's just do away with them. Period. Yeah, and, and have it be like you know the early days where you know hey, <laughs> we you just. Know? Eat- we fought it out. Or like you said, or go something. back to swords. I don't care. Go back to swords, like the like the the ancient Roman down. I don't care. But something, obviously, we're being facetious, right? But something extreme needs to happen because what's the alternative? 
if this continues, what are you going to see? People, people at some point will what? Start pulling their kids out of schools. People at some point will what? Start going to public, stop going to public events. I mean, something's going to happen at critical mass. It, it, it's one way or the other. Either the entire, the entire economy will collapse because people will just stop going places for fear that this is going to keep happening and the government's not stepping in. Or the government's going to step in and then people are going to shout big brother. You know what I mean? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, we've had instances in, in, in our past where crazy people have gone into a room with our president and, and tried to shut them and, and shut either either did successfully kill them or you know uh, injured them severely. Um, and we still don't have gun control. Our top leaders, right, right? Our top leaders in this country have been shot at and killed, and yet nothing has been done. So, I mean, if you think of it from that perspective, there is no pinnacle, there's no point that you can get to or any person that you can get to in the situation where you can either assassinate or kill them in a, in a crowd of people, that the, the people of this country are going to go, we need to make a change. Right. Australia did it after uh, uh, um, uh, one of the you know their biggest school shootings back in the, I think it was the early 90s or something, or, or whatever it was. And, and they finally, as a country, they said, fuck it, we've had it. Right. Americans, I don't think that, I don't think we can do anything that big. Because you know and what I think it is. Fifty-something people shot at a fucking a live yeah. concert out in Las Vegas, yeah. and still nothing was done. Right. You know, I don't know. There's just not well, enough nothing outrage. Can be done or nothing will be done. There's not enough outrage for these types of things, and I think it's because of all that we're exposed to in our 24-hour media cycle. I think for we're just desensitized as a nation. I mean, the the Vietnam War was brought into the living rooms of millions and millions of Americans. We've seen it all. You know what I mean? I, I, I think my proposition is, with all the technology that we have in place, if you're going to insist that people keep their guns, there is, there is an overwhelming amount of technology that can be put into these guns. And these manufacturers have the money to do it. And if people are so insistent on purchasing their guns, increase the prices for them. People are still going to purchase them. When you tax cigarettes, people who smoke still continue to buy cigarettes, even though they're almost $15 a pack, depending on what you smoke in certain states, right? If you're going to insist that people legally own firearms be allowed to keep their firearms as upstanding citizens, that's their privilege, that's their right, fine. Make these guns smart enough to A, either, own, for, for fucking Christ's sakes, you can't even use my iPhone without a finger, without my fingerprint. So why the fuck can anybody grab my gun and go shoot up a school? You understand what I'm saying, Dave? F- fucking well, smartphones are fingerprint locks. Yeah. Some of these things even have retina scanners. My, one of my phones that I have on my lap right now, I can either open it with my fingerprint or with a, or with a retina scan. So you mean to tell me that you can't manufacture these guns to either A, only fire for the person they're registered to. My fucking drone that I purchased last year, I had to register it on a federal website, right? Anytime yeah, with the FCC, yeah. I mean, if these things are going to be registered, like they are, like they're supposed to be legally, then make that registration be tied to something. If, if, if... I drive my car drunk and crash into someone and leave the scene, the cops know exactly where to go. 
within minutes by running my license. Right. So why can't they put the technology that we clearly already have in place into these weapons? I mean, they can make these weapons smart enough to where they will not do anything without that person. Let's make it all electronic. You know what I mean? Let's make it all electronic. You can't buy a plane ticket if you're flagged, you know, for fucking whatever the fuck it is, you know? You, you can be... For having the wrong name. Right. I mean, there are things that should be in place. We have the technology for it. So if your argument is, let us keep our guns, we don't want the fear of the government coming after us as soon as we turn in our guns, great. Then fucking do what needs to be done to properly protect the people who are on the wrong side of those guns. Right, and I think that there are some uh, gun manufacturers and um, uh, developers and stuff like that, munitions developers and and, and technology firms that are severely in like like full like with full force and gusto trying to to create these technologies, and I know that they already exist. Uh, they do, for they do. Guns, yeah. certain developers. Right. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're thinking about it from that perspective, then yeah, I mean, that Absolutely. sounds like a, a very logical mm-hmm. path or, or or place to go. Because again, you know, to cut down on some of this violence. Yes. Hundred um, well, percent. <laughs> the problem with this situation is that. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe legislation in the future stating that any future guns uh, in this country developed or made uh, should have that technology 100%. Well, there's the problem. Like but then, you, then you have the exactly. problem with, with the billions of guns, trillions of guns, or I don't know what the number is in this country, but the mass amount of guns that already exist in this country that are, are analog. You well, know? let's put it and like this. And think of it this way. If you get a 3D printer you can print yourself a fucking gun. Well, yeah. But let's put it like this too, Dave. (laughs) Let's put it like this. For that argument, for anybody who would tell me that there are hundreds of millions and billions and trillions of guns, awesome. There are that many cars in this country as well. And the federal government mandates that every vehicle that comes off of the assembly line has to meet down to the fucking, down to the fucking, however they figure for pollution that a car is allowed to emit. And these manufacturers have to comply. So it's not the gun manufacturers that I blame. It's not enough regulations. It's not enough regulations. I have an older car, but I bet you when I go to inspection, it still has to pass that inspection or guess what? I can't legally drive that car on the streets. It's no fucking different. Yeah, it, Make yeah. someone who owns a gun and has that gun registered start put out put out regulations that the same way I gotta go have my car inspected every year. Well, your gun has to be inspected every year, and it needs to have X Y Z technology in it to prevent whatever. I can fucking lock my smartphone from uh, two zip codes away or any computer in the fucking world that's connected to the internet if I lose it. So if your gun is stolen or lost, you should be able to lock that gun from firing. We have the technology. There's no more argument on that side. Right. You know what I mean? And... You know, and I think that, I mean... Uh-huh. You have to think of it from the perspective that any new manufacturing... You're absolutely right. I don't know. Yes. You're not going to be able to retrograde the technology with the, with the majority of the guns that we have in our population. I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because I got an answer for that as well. Just recently, Apple, Apple came out and admitted that every time they put out a new a smartphone, that their older smartphones are clocked back on the, the clock speed because 
they feel like, or they felt like, as the phone got older and the batteries got older, if the phone continued to run at the normal speed that it was designed to out of, fresh out of the box, that the phone would either get too hot or the battery could explode or whatever their argument was. So they implemented a program that if you have an iPhone prior to the iPhone 7, you could go into any store that sells iPhones and have the battery internally replaced. So if the government wanted to implement these these new these new well, my proposed regulations, they could force these manufacturers to implement programs to say if you have an old weapon that does not meet these specs, you know, does not have the technology, send it back to us, we'll send you a new replacement. And you have to do this if you're gonna legally registered. And if it does not, you will lose your F what is it? F FID card? I forget what it's called. Your license or permit to carry. Look, it, it's out there. It's possible. I, I just don't understand. It just seems yeah, like you know, nothing's being done. It's a, it's a money thing. Um, and again, we're, we are dealing with um, corporations, major corporations, influential corporations. We're, we're dealing with the largest lobbying group in America, the most powerful lobbying group in America. And we're dealing with politicians who are paid off by these entities. Right. On both true. sides. Very 100% true. across the board, along, along the lines, all lines. Absolutely. Whether you're a middleist or left or rightist, they're, they're, they're being paid. And, and again, it comes down to our political system. It's something that we have to change, I think, right. within the political system before we can even get to a spot right. where that happens. Because there's money in that as well. There's money on both sides. If you look at, you know, all the money that the NRA, the gun lobbyists have tied into the government, where they will not allow them to fail. Well, it's no different from the banks and the auto industry being bailed out back in 2008. You know, if you feel like it's too large to fail, if it's too much money in it, these improvements will not only make people feel safer, will not only cut down on the money that it's now going to cost for all the lawsuits that pop up and for all of the people that get killed and for all these guns ending up in the wrong hands. What's the trade-off? You know, not to divert, but it's the same issue that I have with drunk driving. We have the technology in place that every car off of the assembly line should be made to not operate for anybody who is intoxicated past what the legal intoxication limit is. And But there you go again. The government, even though there's technology in place to stop these things, or at least to cut down on them enough that there would be considerable difference, they just don't do it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if, you, if you're taking the the, the the analogy of the car, the, the automobile manufacturers and being able to put into, you know, the internal breathalyzers and et cetera, then you're infringing on, you know, personal rights and personal, uh, you know, uh, issues. And, and then also you have to think about it from a money perspective. If you keep these industries small, these, these you know, airlock systems for drunk drivers and stuff, they make so much more money um, in, in these niche business models than they would in on mass production lines. Right. Yeah, then, then you get, you know, again, it's a dollar is, and cents thing. It always, it is. Is. It always it is. comes down to dollar and cents. So you separate dollars and cents, and then this was another thing I prefaced in the beginning as well, where I said, at what point does our civil liberties, does our rights and freedoms, right, at what point should they take a backseat to public safety? Because if I'm convicted of drunk driving, after I get my license back, 
I'm going to be required by that court to have a breathalyzer put into my vehicle. So for the family of the person who I drove drunk, crashed into, and killed a family of five, do they give a shit about civil liberties when they look and they feel like if this person could have been ordered to have this in their vehicle, why don't we just make them in every vehicle? For the people who are affected by these issues, they're not the ones who give a shit when it's their daughter or their son who are dead. They don't care about the civil liberties at that point. All they care about is, could something have been done to stop this? And if so, why wasn't it? And I feel yeah, like if it was- 100%, 100%. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in full agreement with you where you know, these types of regulations will add to society, will will enable us to grow and, and get bigger and not have to worry about, you know, these situations. Right. Um, and, and especially with guns and, you know, I mean, the, the auto industry, et cetera. Right. And, and, and fully 100% agree with you. Fully because, do, because so, you know, um, I'm not convinced, you know, for, and I know, I know you're right. It will be the argument. Oh, money, money, money. If I, if, if I, someone who has three kids with the money that I'm making, and you know, Dave, we work at the same place. We're not making millions yeah. of dollars. Okay. If I can afford a nope. smartphone that they could afford to put technology in for a fingerprint scanner, it's not that expensive. Like, technology is at a place now where things can be done at low cost. If you can afford a smartphone with a fingerprint scanner, you can afford to pay for a gun with a fingerprint scanner. I mean, to me, the dollars and cents thing goes so far. I know we're going in that direction because in another 10, 20 years, I'm pretty sure that that's going to be the new norm for, for guns because I know that there are guns like that that already exist. My problem is... In between this next 10, 20 years, how many yeah, more how people there? have to die? How many more? You know right. what I mean? I mean, these, these are... Yeah, how do you get there? That's, that's, right. that's the issue. Right. Um, and, you know, in and, and talking about all this, um, I think where I, where my true thoughts and feelings come from uh-huh. is at, at this part in my life, I'm, I'm, I'm a father, just like you were saying. You're the father of, you know, three kids. Right. I'm a father. I have two kids. I have you know, my, my, my beautiful wife, and I worry about them. Right. I don't give a fuck about anybody else's rights. Right. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about, right. I don't give a fuck about anything. All I care about is the safety and well-being of my family. Mm-hmm. And when I think about going out into this world and bringing my family out to the world, in the back of my mind, it's always fucking there. Right. I don't, you know, I, we're, we're sitting in a movie theater. Somebody could come in and shoot that up. We're sitting exactly. in a restaurant. Every time I go to a restaurant, I cannot have my back to the door. Well, I'm so glad you it's said just that. The way it, <laughs> you know, like I, I, and I think about this as, as, as an adult, as a parent, as yeah. somebody who cares about their small little world that's the biggest thing to them. And then outside is this giant, scary place. Of course, I don't make it stop us not going out. We have to live our lives. We have right. to enjoy ourselves. Right. But in the back of my mind, it's always there. And I'm coming from the perspective of that. Right, exactly. Um, you know, I've, I've talked both sides of the both sides of the issue tonight, um, but in my heart of hearts, I'm right. talking from my perspective. Right. I could I, I, get rid of all the guns, in my opinion. Right. You know, I don't want to have to fucking go out in the public and have to worry about crazy people with guns. Yeah. Okay. And then, then they're going to get there and say, "We'll get rid of all the knives, right?" Just then you're going to worry about. It's like I can fucking I can punch a guy and break his arm if he's got a knife. Right. Or I'll take a stab and, and, and defend my family that way. Right. But whatever, you know, 
Right. Have you heard of them all? That was so interesting to what you said because when I go out, my wife always says the same thing because she knows that I always, I would always say, you know, when I go to public places, I don't like to have my back to the door or against the wall. I like to be able to see what's going on because in my head, I'm always going over and I'm so used to it now. It's second nature. If this happens, what am I going to do? If this happens, this is what I need to do. I'm always, my mind is always going always going if if you see me out at a public place you would think that i'm crazy because my eyes are always moving i'm looking at everyone's hands i'm looking at whatever's going on because you know and it started off me just being a kid from patterson new jersey and of course back then it was survival but i think it just just instilled in me at some point and it's just second nature you know i'm always planning for what can go wrong and what am i going to do in this situation you know it's just how i move around um, I, I don't have an issue with the Second Amendment. I don't have an issue with people wanting to exercise their right to bear arms. The only thing I have an issue with is at what cost. You know, if you're a gun owner, a responsible gun owner, and you're a, a logical human being, I think you would have to agree. I mean, you know, aside 100%. from the from the hillbilly types, you got to pry my gun from my cold, dead finger. I mean, there has to be some compromise somewhere. There has to be, or else, you know, it's going to be this all over again. And then every time there is a major mass shooting, you know, we, we've seen it over and over again. We've heard it over and over again. It's continue to live your lives. You know, we're Americans. We're resilient. Continue to go out and about. But at a certain point, people are going to say, that's fucking enough. You know, I mean, we live in a time where you honestly don't ever have to leave your house except to go to work and school. No, and the population of those people are growing exponentially as every right. day goes on with every exactly. news story, with every 100%. with every bomb, you know, with every terror threat, with every with every school shooting. Those instances are, every, you know, society is becoming a very introverted society, like 100%. staying within their home and, and living what? their lives vicariously through social media and ordering everything that they need from Amazon. And you know what, too? <laughs> if the government standpoint is, you know, they don't want to get involved, they can't get involved, there's too much red tape, then there are smaller things to implement too. And I'll draw I'll draw another parallel. I spent 10 years in the hospitality industry. I know 100% that if Dave comes into a hotel that I'm working at and he gets drunk and the bartender does not cut him off and Dave leaves that hotel and crashes into a minivan driving drunk and kills a family of five, not only is Dave going to prison, if he survives, but that bartender is going to prison as well. I mean, if you or, start implementing, or, or the hotel that you, or the hotel exactly. that, you, uh, that you work for, exactly. or the bar that you work for, I've is going to get sued for every dollar happen. on their liability. I've right. literally seen it happen. I've literally been at the hotel yeah. on my shift and have had the police come in and cite a driver. I mean, cite a bartender because the driver got pulled over and cited for driving drunk. And had a receipt for the last place he was, and that bartender got a ticket and was later fired. So what I'm saying is, if you don't want to put the onus on the government, then fine. The government should put the onus on the dealers. The people at these gun shows who sell these guns and don't abide strictly by the procedures that they should for selling these weapons to people, then fine. Let them have some of the punishment too when someone shoots up a school. And then the argument is, well, the gun was purchased legally. 
but it shouldn't have been for whatever reason, or a red flag was missed, or whatever the case. I mean, there are things right. that can be done. Kid dies of an overdose, and his buddy lives during the, the thing. You're gonna, you know, the, the cops are going to try to find right. out who sold him the, the, the drug and then go after that. And let's not Hold say, and let's not say the government is afraid to go after the NRA because if you could think of. If you say the NRA is the most powerful lobbyist group that there is, I would be inclined to agree. But in my opinion, the number one, number one industry for as far back as I can remember is the tobacco industry. And when the government decided they were going to take on the tobacco industry, they went full force. You don't even see tobacco advertisement anymore. And when I was a kid, it was everywhere. There were hats and shirts oh, that you could buy. There were billboards. There were commercials. There was everything. You don't even see a tobacco advertisement. And every year or so, every year or two, a cigarette tax goes up. And, you know, it, it, it's the government's way of trying to cut down for for their argument is public safety. Less people with cancer, less people with, you know, whatever diseases, you know, are, are connected to tobacco use. Great. So why can't you go after these these gun manufacturers the same way because um the gun manufacturers have written the legis uh, the nra and the gun manufacturers have literally handwritten the right. legislation handed it over to our government uh-huh. and they've passed it with zero yep fight back you know um there's a there's a the, the nra uh, or this is what I, I think i've read um the nra devised legislation that wouldn't allow the cdc to do government-funded studies on gun violence. So they, the, the CDC, the, the people who are there to protect us against these issues yep. and, and, and uh, diseases and stuff like that, aren't even allowed to do a federally funded study uh-huh. on yeah. gun violence in this country. Yep. What Dave is essentially saying, for everyone listening, is, is I equate it to the same argument that I have when all of these shootings were going on and unarmed people were getting killed by police. It's the same argument. What Dave's essentially saying is the, the these gun lobbyists, these manufacturers for these guns are essentially in charge of policing themselves. It's no different than a police station having, you know, an internal affair. When you have no one to police you other than yourselves, obviously something's wrong. Any auditing that's it's done is internal. System. It's a failed system. Yeah. Right. By nature by nature. So then that begs the question, I, I guess, you know, really nowhere else to go with this. It begs the question, how much worse does it have to get before us, the people? Because as powerful as the NRA is, as powerful as these gun manufacturers are, as powerful as the pharmaceutical companies are, as powerful as the government is, they don't hold a flame to us. Not just because we're the constituents, not just because we're the voters, but because we outnumber everyone. And all of the money that they talk about that lines their pockets that run the world comes from our pockets first because we're the consumers. So it's not, this is what it boils down to for me, my final point. It's not about what the government's going to do. It's about what we're going to do because the power has always been with the people first. And maybe it's time the people take that power back. Kevin, 100% agree. You know, um, going all the way back to the beginning of this conversation, our forefathers wrote in the Constitution our ability to take back the power. Um, it's right there in our Constitution. It's exactly. right there. It's, it's one of our 
our liberties, we have the ability to overthrow our government, we have the ability to change our government, we have the ability to change it for the better of us as people of the United States. It is time for us to take the power back. Um, and and, 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 and we've, we've done it over the past, we've done it in certain issues, we've, we've been able to do it for every other thing imaginable in this country in regards to you know, getting our rights back as, uh, and getting our safety and our and getting equality, et cetera, et cetera. But we, the people, right, are the only ones. We have to stand up and go, we've had enough. Or if we don't, then we're going to continue to see this, this bloody cycle, this vicious cycle of money and lobby controlling everything that we do and enabling everything to happen because of their greediness. And if we don't stand up as people, as parents, as teachers, as as as, as friends, as lovers, and just as humanity and, and this great nation that we live in, and say we've had enough, we've fucking had enough, nothing's going to change. And it does start with us. It starts with me. It starts with you. You know? 100%. 100%. Don't be that next parent who gets that call that your kid's school was shot up. I mean, it's it's... We can wait for, we can petition, we can rely on the government to protect our families, but ultimately it's it's our job to do. And they're not doing it, Absolutely. so we need to do it. All right, um, I guess that's pretty much it for me. Like, comment, subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, um, Spotify, um, check out Life Relationships, everything between on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, um, Dave, shout out your uh, social media. And I guess we'll uh, wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, again, I'm Dave uh, Pottle. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find my band, Frenemy, on Facebook as well. we got we got a show coming up this Thursday, which I'm excited about. Nice. This will probably drop after that show. So nice. I'm hoping I have good news after that show. Nice. But, um, you know, man, uh, great conversation as always, Kev. Can't wait to get the next topic next week. Um, yep. Everybody, please like, share, subscribe to all the uh, the podcast and all the all the things that Kevin does, uh, especially this one. Um, you know, come back next week. We got another topic for you. One hundred percent. I don't pretend to know everything. Sometimes my my opinions and views might seem a little bit out there, but you know, I really do it. You know, I, I do it with good intent. I do it for the purpose of us having a conversation because I, I don't know the first thing about how to fix this issue. You know, I'm I'm just a, a family man, a father of five, just an everyday citizen like everybody else, you know, but I feel like if we have these discussions, I feel like that's the first step for us really to affect some kind of change. It's going to help us going forward, help our children. Um, I just know what I know. I'll see you on the next one. We'll see you next week with another topic. Dave, peace and love. Take care. See you on the next one.